Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we're chatting all things news and notes. So before we take a deep dive into everything that's been dropping this week, a quick reminder, the NWSL season kicks off on Saturday, March 25th on Paramount Plus, and we've got all the content for you. We've got all the recaps, all the previews, and we're going to have them all season long, plus exclusive player interviews. So subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform, and you can follow us all across social media at Attacking Third. And just to let you all know, Paramount Plus is your home for the 2023 NWSL season. You can watch live games, recaps, and more. And Paramount Plus is giving a one free month to kickstart your NWSL season. So make sure to use the promo code NWSL2023 for one free month of Paramount Plus. We're in it. We're in it. Lisa, good morning. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Um, it's a great morning because what are we? T minus three days until the start of the season. It is about time. Everyone is gearing up. We're getting rosters. Oh, there's so much happening. So many moving pieces. We're still getting uh, kits. Jerseys are dropping these next couple of days. Um, it is very exciting. I'm thrilled to be here with you. This is our last news and notes before things get rolling in the NWSL. And and then all the news and notes changes during the season. It's it's a very different vibe. But 
I'm as always, but I'm just happy to be here chatting with you. How are you this morning? I'm I'm good. You know, I woke up and I said, ah, that's one more sleep that we could put behind us till we get to the end of your tell. Well, well, you probably <laughs> woke up and said that yesterday too. I'm putting you on blast. Yesterday I morning, it was like, it's 10 o'clock. Are we going live? And I was like, no, it's Tuesday. We go live on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm so plugged in right now for, uh, for, for NWSL returning. And I, I, yeah. Definitely put me on blast because I woke up like ready to hop on a three and see everybody and like go live and talk about everything. Cause it's just, it's a state of mind being live, being live is a state of mind. And that's, that's how we live. (laughs) That's how we do things at a three. But listen, I'm, I'm, you're hyped. I'm hyped every day that goes by. We're just a little bit closer to that first kickoff mm-hmm. and uh of course uh in light of the regular season coming up so quickly we got to talk about uh the rosters being finalized uh, in NWSL so all 12 clubs uh putting out their respective statements and their rosters the the set of players and string of players that they are going to run with at, at least in the in the first part uh first first half of of this season um there's a there's a lot of different things that come into play, I think, when you're looking at these clubs and how they're finalizing rosters. We were also looking a little bit at the rules, which we'll we'll chat a bit about in this episode as well, too. But um, some minor differences uh, in terms of the clubs putting out their their rosters, because I know when we were looking at some of these releases, we were like, gosh, like some of these clubs have uh, some smaller amounts of, of players versus, you know, larger numbers on on their rosters. Um so I believe it's a minimum of 22 players with a maximum of 22 and four supplemental players can be utilized and count uh, towards the, the, the actual roster. So uh, there's examples of like, hey, you can have 26, but 22 of those are going to actually be senior players. Mm-hmm. And maybe four of those players are more supplemental um, type of players. So uh, we're, we're, we're seeing, I think, across these rosters, maybe more the lower number uh, for, for players on them. But I think it's I would say, them. yeah, I would say yeah. it's a lower number, just compared to kind of what we've been seeing, especially throughout the preseason roster, we were getting like 33, 34, 36. Oh yeah. They had to whittle it down for sure. Yeah. Um, It's interesting though, because I think even within some of these, uh, some of the roster releases with the smaller number uh, of players on there within some of them, uh, you could go through the rosters and see how um, there are still some clubs who are saying, Hey, like, We've extended a contract to, to player A, B, or C, and just to, to notify and have that in uh, within the release. Like maybe there's still some news to come from some clubs uh, with with players who are still in the process of maybe going, you know, thumbing through their contracts and, um, you know, be- before they sign. One of the things that stood out for us though, when we were looking throughout some of these finalized rosters, was that a Gotham FC. Uh, we noted that within their release they said that uh Sinead Fairley is uh, is a midfielder who is making her return question mark to to the league because they noted within the release that uh, they're in the process of finalizing a contract with Fairley. Yes, I think this is um massive 
honestly, because this is a, a player that um, in her 30s, I believe uh, Sinead's about 33 years old. And the last time she played in the NWSL was in 2015. And that was for Portland Thorns. And um, then she came forward with her her accusations um, uh, and everything that and, and mistreatment and abuse and um, misconduct that she faced during her time playing in the NWSL in 2021. And now that it's 2023, she's um, turned that page. She's wants to rejoin the league. She wants to play, and she joined Gotham um, in early February as a non-roster invite, um, and went through their preseason with them. and And now Gotham has extended a contract, and they're looking to just finalize that contract with Farrelly um, because she's been in camp and. Not only did the club put it out there, but um, they put her name right on there saying that, hey, we're, we're waiting for this to come, um, waiting for this roster announcement and, and the contract to be finalized. And then there's going to be an official announcement about um, her role and, and her position on the team as a, as a midfielder. And I know that during the preseason for Gotham, uh, they played a number of preseason friendlies and matches. And some some of them were harder to watch than others, but Sinead Farrelly, getting minutes, getting time, scoring a goal in one of those preseason matches. It was fun to see those, those clips on Twitter and social media circulating around. Um, But the rosters, when they drop, there's so many like little Easter eggs to look for and find. And I just appreciate Gotham being like, hello, heads up. This player is getting a contract. Um, Yeah. This, this is coming. I I think that's, that's the, it's the phrasing, right? The, the word that we want to point out to and and note specifically it's the phrasing is it's finalizing a contract so for me that's indicative that fairly is is going to be part of gotham's yeah uh, 2023 roster and and that roster and when you look at like the midfield unit for gotham that they've have um kawasumi Allie Long, Christy Mewis, Victoria Pickett, Yasmeen Ryan, Delaney Sheehan, McCall Zerboni, and then you add in a Sinead Farley in that group. Like, I I like this. I like kind of what's happening at Gotham. I think that it's a it's a bit of a resurgence for this team, and especially like a player like Sinead, who's coming back into the fold, looking to get back into the mix of the NWSL. And I agree. I think the way the phrasing had it, they just were waiting for the signature, waiting for that John Hancock and then she's going to be listed on the roster. Um, but there's a lot to kind of break down and be yeah. excited about for all these teams. Yeah, we want to we want to point out a little bit of a history making signing. We're we're chuckling about it because I feel like with the new under eighteen mechanism <laughs> that exists in NWSL, we're actually just seeing the first of perhaps many of these to come down uh, in the pipeline. But San Diego Wave. Uh, announcing that they have signed 15-year-old na- uh, San Diego native uh, Melanie Barcenas. So officially the youngest player in NWSL history to sign a professional contract, uh, just uh, eclipsing the record that was set just a week ago, it feels yeah. like, by Chloe Ricketts with Washington Spirit. Officially the youngest player, I believe it's 15 years and 138 days or right around there, that number there. Um, but this, this is quite the story. is a local talent. Grew up playing club soccer with San Diego Surf Soccer. Um, has trained with the rave all uh, the wave already, and uh, just maybe it just sort of feels like this was a signing that was going to happen at some point in time sooner 
or later, but it's here now. And uh, I do appreciate in, in, in the release and in the announcement of everything, um, you know, Casey Stoney talking about yeah. how excited they are as well to, to sign this player, but still continue to, to work with them as they're a very young player uh, and want to sort of help her, yes, navigate professional career while still having the normalcy of, of being a young, a young teenager. Yes. I think that's the balance that we've seen with um, someone like an Alyssa Thompson, who's at Angel City or a Chloe yeah. Ricketts. It's finding that balance. And that's what, although there is this, the new mechanism in place for um, players under the age of 18 to, to play in the league and to sign, there are still so many factors that are protecting these players. Like the, parent and guardian as, as well as the player have to give consent. They have to live at home. They can't be traded. They can't be waived. Um, their contract runs through their 18th birthday. There's like so many different factors to protect um, these young athletes. But I really like how San Diego did this because they not only announced this player and, and they had her in the kit and she's been playing with preseason. So they had game footage of her actually during preseason playing, but they got Mel to do media and yeah. and talk a little bit. So not only did fans of of the wave get to hear about this player being signed and maybe seek a clip or two of her being played, but they got to hear directly from her. Um and I uh she is very young. <laughs> she, yeah. She is very young. It's it's so uh cool to see, honestly. I mean, I'm excited to see like her on the pitch and and kind of how things shake out that way, but to kind of hear her in these like little social media takeovers or in the media press conference. Like she has this air of maturity about her for sure. I mean, she's being put in the spotlight. She's a professional player at the age of 15, but there's also something about her that's like, you are 15. Like you are yeah. so young. You are so young. And she has a, a little bit of that youngness in her still. And like, it's, it's cute to see, frankly, it is, but, um, I am excited about it. And I also love that San Diego put out that they're calling her Mel B. Like if we are doing a throwback yeah. to the Spice Girls, Mel B, this oh. Mel doesn't even know who the Spice Girls are. She's 15 and we're calling her Mel B. I'm all about it. No, I'm, I'm here for it. I, uh, yeah, you could, you're looking at some of the, the imaging and, and sort of the assets that come out in, a, in an announcement like this. And you're just like, gosh, uh, players, uh, is so young. Um, and I'm excited to, to, to see, you know, more from, from Barcenas and I'm sure there's, there's a whole development plan in place for, um, when and where and, and how they, they want to, to, to utilize her, but uh, congrats, congratulations to, to the young player signing her first ever, uh, professional, contract uh but in terms of the other uh, roster uh tidbits that we wanted to, to highlight we're a little curious about old rain uh, side of things chicago red stars uh you know putting in their notes as well that they are have some contracts in place with with other players uh but we didn't see tobin heath on on all rain's uh, roster and, and we've seen um We've seen on, on social media and things like that uh, out in L.A. So maybe there was some curiosity peaking whether or not uh, there would be ties there to, to Angel City. But we haven't seen Tobin Heath uh, on on any on either of these these rosters. For, Where for is Tobin club. Heath? <laughs> and we're just we're just wondering, you know, what, what's going on? Um, it's World Cup year. You know, we've we've heard from Andonovsky, uh in in media availabilities, um, you know, say that this is a player where, you know, getting close, cutting it close to, to the timeline and the build up to the world cup. And, and hopefully they get to see 
uh, more out of heat, you know, kind of post, you know, uh, surgery. Last, we got an update. Um, Tobin Heath put on her socials that she was unfortunately, you know, had to undergo a surgical procedure. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, I think uh, NWSL is more fun when Tobin Heath is around. Yeah. And in it. So that's definitely something we uh, got to try and keep our eye on. But uh, Chicago Red Stars also in their uh, announcement uh, talking about Shayna Matthews. Uh, this is a player uh, that they have extended a contract to and someone who might be part of Chicago's attacking core in, in 2023. So I think at this point, so when we're looking at, at the rosters and, and if there are those teams that maybe have um, – on the lower end of the number of players on their roster, that there's room to add more, right? But I think at this point, it's almost like if you're going to add players to your roster, maybe the concept is to ensure that you get players at this point who have some uh, professional yeah. experience in NWSL and roll with them moving forward. Yeah, I think that's exactly it because there is a level of um, – understanding that you're going to be missing a significant number of players this year due to a world cup year. And because of that, you need depth on your roster. And when you're looking between someone that's been in the league for seven or eight years versus someone that has been in the league for one year and maybe has like a hundred minutes under their belt, you're going to go with the player that's been in the league for seven or eight years that that's played in a number of different squads and varieties. So that player is, is more likely to shift in. And that's someone like a Shana Matthews. I think it's a good signing for Chicago, honestly, to, to get some depth in a player like this. Um, I'm not sure how much we'll see of Matthews to start the year, but I imagine throughout challenge cup, we'll see Matthews and we'll, we'll see her get minutes and play and continue to uh, contribute on the pitch. But that's, it's a tough year. It is a really tough year for clubs, for GMs and coaches to make sure their roster is as stacked as it possibly can be while also adding depth. Yeah. And it's really hard to be a player this year because um, I, I mean, if you're one of the top talents on your club team and you're going to the world cup internationally, um, you're also then going to miss a big chunk of your regular season yeah. and, and your challenge cup season with your club team. And that's disheartening. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you're a player that um, is going to start for your club team, but isn't going to play internationally, then you have to get used to playing with a whole different group of players uh, during that window when they're gone. And then likewise, if you're someone that's maybe a bit deeper on the roster bench and, and you're going to ride that bench a little bit at the start of the season, you then have to be able to turn it on, prove yourself and, and get in that starting lineup and get minutes when those players are gone. It's really just like an unbalanced year for everyone. It's yeah. it's a little bit of chaos everywhere. It causes a little bit more headaches. Um, but hey, that's the beauty of this game and the beauty yeah. of a World Cup year. It could lead to a little bit of disjointedness for sure. Yeah. I mean, Shana Matthews is going to be one of those players. You know, we could see her gone with Jamaica for, for the World Cup and see how Chicago has to navigate that. Uh, absence as, as well as so many others for other teams across uh, the league. Uh, but we're getting closer to this, this regular season and we're already starting to hear a lot of cool things for opening weekend. Uh, shout out to San Diego. Once more, the home opener uh, is currently at 23,500 tickets and counting. They expect to still sell some more tickets and have more fans in the turnstiles for 
their game against Chicago Red Stars this opening weekend. And Alex Morgan making a very cool announcement uh, about a foundation. And uh, we're excited and wanted to chat about that a little bit here on Attacking Third, launching the Alex Morgan Foundation, a nonprofit initiative focused on equity and opportunity on the field and off. They said, join us as we work to build a confident path forward. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the motto of this Alex Morgan Foundation, a confident path forward. Um, Their biggest impact focus being equity in sports, opportunities for girls, and support for moms. Clearly something that Alex Morgan has a lot of experience in herself as a mom, as as a female playing uh, soccer professionally. And, And I think something pretty cool about... This foundation, I mean, there's a there's a lot of cool things about this, but the fact that Alex Morgan decided to start this in San Diego, right? We know when the wave became an expansion side and Alex Morgan was their first big player um, as a huge name that she is, but it was also a big impact that Alex Morgan was going home to San Diego where she wanted to play and where she wanted to be. Um, so I think being back in in her hometown to not only play the professional game that she loves, but to make a change. And that's where she's starting. That's where the Alex Morgan Foundation is going to kickstart itself, um, committing to making a positive impact in the lives of girls and women in San Diego County. That's where they're starting. And then as this foundation grows, they're going to look to expand it to nationally, internationally, just continue... um, the the snowball effect of of this foundation but pretty cool love to see players making changes yeah. impact outside of uh just scoring goals and, and breaking records on the pitch yeah equity in sports opportunities for girls support for moms i think that's kind of cool we'll have to keep an eye on it and see what else comes out of the alex morgan foundation but uh, we've got a little bit more to chat about before we take a quick break we want to talk about more kit fashion Woo. Racing Louisville, breaking news right as we're live, of course. The Houndstooth kit. Look at that purple, black hues. You love to see it. They just dropped their 2023 Houndstooth kit, and it is an homage to Secretariat's owner, Penny Shannery, 50 years after her cult's iconic triple crown run. So I love that. Leaning into racing's history yeah. what do you think lisa it's got the uh the purple and black kind of houndstooth pattern i like the mint uh, i like the mint crest on, on this one i think that's a nice touch i do too i do really like the mint crest um there's something about this pattern that i am really digging for for racing level for those that are just listening it's like a oh gosh i'm not gonna be able to describe this like a checkered pattern I, I think don't that's even a good know what that it. is, but it's very cool. They talk about in the the re- racing level talks about in the release how it's a celebration of pioneering women. Um, it, it's a midnight violet and lavender colors in the pattern. It's a houndstooth pattern. Oh my gosh, I'm reading that in the press release. Yeah, that's the pattern. <laughs> I did not know what that was. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what is houndstooth? This is live for you people. I was like, what's happening here? Um, I think it's very cool. I do that. So. 
I was like, what's going to happen when they're playing at home? But because of um, it, primary uniform for 2023, this will be it. But when it clashes with other teams that they play, there's a number of other dark colored yeah. teams in this league. Um, Racing Louisville will wear their um, away mint kit that was revealed in 2022 when um, this clashes with other jerseys. But I really yeah. like it. It's very simple. I, I like the mint crest as well on the shorts yeah. and on the kit. But otherwise, like black shorts shorts black socks i like yeah. it sharp yeah they're definitely not like wearing this when when they go play orlando right like that's not yeah. gonna be <laughs> this uh but uh yeah i like it i think i think the 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 pattern is is cool um i like the the meaning behind it and i, I really really do like both of the mink uh crest on on the jersey and and on the shorts as well like it's a cool kind of head to toe uh kind of uh kind of vibe and i like uh, all the photos that they're dropping it looks like they're kind of standing around some <laughs> like some horses and things like that so, yeah. so that's that's very very yeah, very they're cool. like in stables for this photo yeah. shoot that's awesome because hey why not lean into uh everything like secretariats and yeah that's you're racing louisville play into yeah. that all day yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you you love uh, to see it. We love to chat about kit fashion. We're gonna chat a bit more about some league news. So stick with us after a quick break. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. I'm always traveling for work, but I also love to be active, playing soccer every chance I get. Finding the balance between being comfy, looking cute, and also being dressed to be active has never been easier with Viore. Viore is so versatile. It can be used for any activity, running, yoga, swimming, but it's also great for lounging or traveling. My favorite product is the pants that I actually never take off, the Women's Performance Jogger. They're designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. Viore helps me feel good about the things I buy and how they are made because Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products to empower your best active life. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash soccer. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Stay hyped, stay amped, stay with the energy because the regular season is kicking off soon. The league unveiling in a launch video, uh, a We Play Here, uh, They Play Here, We Play Here series coming up this season. Uh, Jessica Berman teasing it a little bit. 
in her presser that she held earlier on Monday with the media. This launch video had me so excited, even more than I already was for this upcoming season. We got to see different videos in English, Spanish, Portuguese, narrated by NWSL players. We heard Mitch Purse. We heard Maria Sanchez. We heard Tabinha. It was very, very cool start to promote the season. It was very cool. I think that what the league is doing in trying to amplify themselves and, and give the league its due diligence for how it wants to be recognized as one of the best leagues in the world. And you have to start doing that like from within. And I think now that we're seeing that with this launch video in the NWSL and, and not only putting it out in English, but really trying to capitalize on um, the identity of the players that are in this league. And then those fan bases that also want to be part of this league and maybe haven't felt as included before because everything's been in English. So in addition to the launch video coming out um, in English, Spanish and Portuguese, the NWSL Twitter also promoted these individual videos in those respective languages. So the fans knew exactly what was coming for them, the, the promotion and the hype. And then when they clicked on the video, they could understand what what was being said, whether it was in English by forward of Gotham, Midge Purse, or in Spanish by Houston forward, Maria Sanchez, or by Casey midfielder, Dabinha in Portuguese. I think it's really, really special. That's freaking cool that the league did that. Like that's how you grow the league. That's how you get your fan bases that are living in Brazil and in Mexico to rally behind their players that they know and, and cheer for on their national team um, and support them in the NWSL. This is, this is literally the definition of growing the game. Um, I love it because of how they made their announcement for certain international viewing platforms as well. Mm -hmm. they, they announced that deal with TSM for for uh, Canadian viewers, and they've mentioned in some other broadcast deal uh, details that international viewers are going to be able to watch matches just right on .com. So yeah. com. So I think it's very cool that they're trying to, you know, hype up uh, the league this year in, in, in what's a World Cup year and have so many of their players, both, you know, American, uh, Mexican, uh, Brazilian, to sort of get behind narrating these videos. And they're going to have more drop along the way which i'm very excited about so it's 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 cool because it's gonna have it's it's all the same um video essentially the same script right but just yeah. in different languages and i think um that's very excited so you can get hyped uh, internationally and like uh, the fact that they had the players narrate it like a plus a plus on that front. There's no need oh, yeah. to have talent do that or yeah. someone quote unquote famous that like isn't in the league. Like, you know what I mean? We see that a lot with franchises and uh, with what they're doing. I know like when the Eagles were on their Super Bowl run um, at the end of this last year, Bradley Cooper, he narrates a lot because he's from yeah. Philly. He's a big fan. But like it's a little bit it's cooler when the players are doing it themselves. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, don't hire Bradley Cooper to read, no. <laughs> to read this script. We want to hear from Jason Kelsey. We want to hear from Midge Purse. We want to hear right. from Maria Sanchez. Exactly. 100%. Uh, we also heard from Jessica Berman. That's called the transition, folks. Thanks, Lisa, for that setup. Uh, Commissioner Jessica Berman holding a press conference with media on Monday, uh, March 20th. Uh, Talking, you know, a little bit of a state of the league, just checking in before uh, the regular season kicks off. And listen, as someone who sat in on it, it was a lengthy one, but I really yeah. appreciate um, the commissioner giving her time. It was an hour, uh, I think, clocked in exactly, maybe a little bit over. Well, I can't really recall just because of how long it was. But it was, uh, from my understanding, it was great to, that they got to so many questions um, and that the commissioner was um, willing to to sort of make sure that she she got to, to each one. But a couple of key points, you know, to maybe talk about, because there's a lot uh, that can be said over the course of, of that amount of time. But uh, I think the biggest one that, that stands out uh, it was really in her um, opening remarks and in, in welcoming in the media was the discussion of uh, the ticket bump, the mm-hmm. ticket hold bump this year, a 20% increase in season ticket holders from last year. Uh, that's massive. She she said, uh, I've got it written up for you all on .com in case you're looking for some key takeaways, but uh, she said that they're up in uh, 20% in season ticket holders on a league-wide basis. And we've already surpassed the number of sales for opening weekend, and we still have five days to go. Uh, so hopefully with all the excitement coming out of the press conference and everything this week that they'll just continue over the next five to six days. And they are looking to break some records. So uh, exciting time for, uh, for people. Very, very exciting. Go to games, go to games, buy tickets, support your clubs, all the things. Um, if you're in San Diego, break more records there. They're like constantly smashing the records, but, um, in, in this Jess Berman, uh, commissioner Berman presser, um, I was able to sit in on it too. Definitely go read Sandra's piece on CBSSports.com. She breaks down everything that was said in the conference uh, and all the questions that were asked by the great media members to kind of open up the league a little bit more. But one thing that's super cool that we've known about for a little bit, but it's actually happening, and I think it's happening on schedule, which is pretty cool. I mean, maybe there was a low bar for me there, but VAR is being implemented into the league and into NWSL. And it is happening opening weekend, the very first game. Um, It's already been introduced, right? So there's so many different like trickle downs effect of VAR that a lot of people don't understand. The stadiums have to be equipped for VAR. They have to have more cameras. There's a minimum of six cameras now at every single stadium that these teams will play in. So that's kind of the first step that has to happen. You then have to hire an additional um different set and an additional set of referees to be at those games and to work those games to also train the referees at those games. You also have to train the broadcasters into VAR, how it works, what the rules of it are, how to communicate that to the listeners at home. Um, And then you have to practice it. And throughout the preseason games that have been happening at these respective stadiums in the league around the country, There has been BAR. They have been implementing it during these preseason games. They have been practicing it for the referees, for the broadcasters, for the teams to kind of get used to as well. And it's like a well-oiled machine, and they're ready to get going on Saturday, March 25th, when the league kicks off. And if you're at a game 
look for it on the field. And if you're at home, you can watch it all on Paramount Plus and look for the VAR symbols because there's VAR in the league. Yeah, I love that. It's 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 cool to sort of know like, OK, it's official. It's 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 coming week one in the league. Uh, they're very excited about it. It yeah. was it was cool to even when they announced it, this was like she had a, a similar uh, press conference like midseason last year and said, hey, like we want to add more cameras and alluding to the, the fact that they want to get VAR in, in, into the league. But now they've they've implemented those cameras. They've practice they've utilized them during preseason and it's coming um week one and they're very excited about kind of leading the way in that initiative like that they're going to be like first domestic league to women's domestic league to to go ahead and to sort of have that as a reoccurring thing every match week for nwsl i know var has been utilized in, in the women's game before like at the, it was introduced at the world cup. world cup um you know and i think it's been utilized in, in like some major title games as well um uh, but we haven't seen it used week to week to week to week i think um for over the course of a full regular season before no. yeah this um, will be the first ever women's professional league to use var yeah. Um, for the professional game and for every single game, not just the playoffs yeah. or not just the championship, every single regular season game, every game. Yeah. And I like that she tied it to uh, essentially um, overall league investment because that was a big thing that came out of the press conference as well. So it was cool yeah. to hear her tie something like VAR to general league and in, in investment Um talking about her listening tour, right? We heard so much about that in her first year uh, as as commissioner and tying that and connecting that to production value overall because she said on her listening tour that that was actually a point of concern, uh, surprisingly to her, when she was talking to players on this listening tour, that one of the biggest things that she heard from players was about production value and that the league absolutely needs to ensure that they are investing in production areas so that fans can get a great product on the field and, and see all the great athletes and their athleticism uh, on, on match days. Um, so it was cool to sort of hear her tie that all in together. Cause it's not just like one separate point, one other separate bullet point. Um, things are uh, often, just sort of tied together. So it was, it was a great uh, press conference and uh, a lot of cool things to come out of it. So hopefully everybody gets caught up on uh, what the commissioner had to say, uh, which also included talking about league rules a little bit. We're going to chat about that for everyone as well right now too. We're, we're talking about player uh, salary cap, what that includes, what it means. Let's talk some, let's talk some dollar bills, Lisa. You're muted, buddy. I can't hear you. Uh, I'm sorry. I was coughing over here. Um, yeah, dollar dollar bill is excited to um, kind of break this down for everyone because we get a lot of questions, you and I, on Attacking Third, whether it's in the chat or on Twitter or in Apple Podcast reviews about this. So if you have questions, drop them to us in the chat. Drop them to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review with a question. We get to answer them, especially when the league breaks it all down for us um, because this is all about the numbers, right? So but on the rosters between 22 and 26 players rosters for the 2023 season, um, there is a salary cap. There's a minimum salary for these teams. $1 million, 975000 for the salary minimum. And the salary cap, $1,300,000. 
and seventy-five uh, plus six hundred thousand dollars in allocation money. Uh, and that allocation money can be carried over, right? From twenty twenty-two, um, that can allocation money can be carried into twenty twenty-three. So this is a twenty-five percent increase from twenty twenty-two and and what the league was doing, but. Allocation money, it's a, it's a little confusing for the people, Sandra. Can you break it down for them, please? Yeah, I, I love money. Um, big fan of it. Uh, would love to have more of it. I think we all would in some, in some capacity. Uh, but essentially, uh, allocation money is, I guess, technically still a relatively new concept in NWSL because it was only introduced in 2019. And allocation money is essentially a financial credit. So teams can purchase within specific limits that are defined by the league every year, or they can acquire allocation money from another team through a transaction. So whether that's a sign and trade or general trade and uh, allocation money can be used to reduce the salary cap uh, or impact of a player's salary, pay a transfer fee, a loan fee when they're acquiring a player outside of the league or trade it to another team. So we, we heard a little bit about that in the off season. Um, you know, we saw racing Louisville uh, with a sort of a transfer and sign and load uh, with uh, Uchenna Canoe and Riley Parker and Liga Mekis Feminil. So we're starting to see a little bit more of that now. As, as allocation money, I think teams are getting a little bit more comfortable uh, with having that as that extra piece to, to utilize within, within certain deals. So it, It's basically like a loophole for the salary cap, essentially. essentially. It's yes. giving teams more money to allocate towards the players uh, so they don't have to dig into their salary cap because uh, each team's their minimum at, at $1.9 million to spend on their roster yeah. um, isn't that much. It's not It's not like that much when we're talking about how, how these players should be paid, right? I mean, in comparison to some of the other leagues or things like that, but this is also a massive increase from what we've seen previously in the league. Oh, yeah, it's it's grown since it was first introduced, yes. for sure. But, I mean, like, even with, like, Alyssa Thompson, right, we, we saw, like, yeah. a multi-team uh, trade that took place. Angel City ultimately making a couple of moves to that utilized allocation money, and all of a sudden $450,000 to get that uh, number one pick for, for Thompson. So uh, it's it's an interesting component. Uh, always uh, interested to see how it kind of evolves year to year. I, and it just, 2019 doesn't feel that long ago. And yet uh, this has uh, changed pretty rapidly since its introduction. Uh, the under 18 mechanism officially in place for the league as well. We got to see that uh, kind of go into action as uh, players have been signed. And that was something that didn't necessarily exist in years prior, but now, now it does. So in place in 2022, we've seen it utilized with Washington Spirit, and now uh, San Diego Wave FC. Um, important to note that within these historic sign-ins for whether it was Chloe Ricketts or uh, Melanie uh, Barcenas, that they are under 18 uh, players. So they have to, you know, have a contract within 30 days of being uh, placed on, on the, the mechanism. Uh, now that they're officially signed, that means they cannot be traded or waived. Uh, they cannot be selected in expansion draft processes, which is huge 
considering the league has expansion on the horizon. So we know Utah Royals is one team. There's another potential team to be announced. Neither of those clubs can select any of these younger players and any under 18 players have to stay with a parent or a legal guardian uh, until they are 18. So uh, the 18th birthday. So it's uh, there's a lot of uh, different uh, rules that have to be followed, even within the under 18 mechanism. But. It sounds like that's not going to stop uh, clubs from trying to <laughs> sign local or, you know, young uh, talents in, in the future because we've already got a couple of players uh, signing up in the league this year. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get to see them during during the regular season uh, and, and get their first minutes as professionals. And we're excited about that because uh, the league also announced with CBS the official broadcast schedule and how games are going to look moving forward and we are so excited about this the season does kick off on march 25th and you can catch matches across cbs sports platforms you can catch them on paramount plus uh san diego wave versus chicago red stars you can catch that on cbs sports network but there's 176 matches that fans can watch across CBS sports platforms. You'll love to see it. It is amazing. It's going to be accessible to everyone. And as we talked about, it's also accessible for internationals. Um, Canada is able to watch. Um, it is fantastic. But every single game is, is going to be across CBS Sports Platform. Uh, six matches on CBS and Paramount Plus. 23 matches on CBS Sports Network. And then every other game on Paramount Plus. Um, so you've gotten into a little bit of a rhythm last year watching them, but it'll be more consistent um, and and better to find, I think, when you're on, on the Paramount Plus app. I know from behind the scenes, CBS people have been working really hard to make sure it's it's a very seamless transition uh, for fans and, and viewers that want to do that to easily find it. Um, and, and this was, as we talked about for Commissioner Jessica Berman's listening to players saying, hey, production value, we want to get that up. That includes six cameras. That includes CBS getting these games um, on CBS Sports platform every single game. It is very cool. And uh, for those that are looking to watch, it all starts Paramount Plus, March 25th, NWSL, you can watch everything. And Paramount Plus is giving away one free month. Use the code NWSL2023 to get one free month of Paramount Plus. Um, Catch the first month of action. Uh, We are excited to be part of it and excited to be talking about it here at CBS. Yeah, we are. We uh, we're we're just eager to to hit the ground running. Obviously, with the regular season coming up, uh, we just want to give a quick shout out before we take a quick break. Uh, shout out to all of the the new analysts and broadcasters who are going to be linking up on some of these broadcasts as well. Jackie Yoli, Leanne Sanderson, Tommy Miola, Saskia Weber, amongst them. There were many more, but we just want to extend our congratulations to them. You can hear them across these uh, awesome streaming networks and channels as well. We're going to be back right after a quick break because we've got a little bit more to touch on on the international side of news and notes so stick with us hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. All right, let's chat about it. Uh, international news and notes segment here. And unfortunately, we're kicking it off with a couple of injuries. I hate it. I don't like it, loathe it, don't want it, but we got to chat about it. We're going to start off with uh, injury news to Janine Becky uh, out of Portland Thorns. The Canadian International suffered a torn ACL during a preseason tournament. Uh, Hated to see that news uh, break and just really terrible timing. Um, And... Someone, I think at this point of the year, when you're looking at certain international programs, you can look at certain players and say, okay, look, player X, Y, or Z is a near lock to padlock to go and represent their nation in the upcoming World Cup. And I think when you look at uh, Canada's national team roster, Janine Becky is absolutely one of those players. Um, so I don't know when you, when you, when we look at these types of injuries, I think people try to grasp for like, what does it all mean? And these silver linings and within them, if you, if you can find them. Um, but uh, Janine Becky has, uh, is a very special player and person. Yeah. Um, and I just anticipate that, She's just going to play a different role for this team, uh, this the, both Portland Thorns and Canadian national team. She's just going to play a different role for them. Um, it's, so it's just sad. not going to be on the pitch. Yeah, it, it, it is literally so sad. It makes me heartbroken. Um, everything that this player did last year for Portland Thorns and and how hard Janine Becky worked in the offseason, understanding that this was going to be such a big year for her uh, with the thorns looking to go back to back and then with Canada looking to win the Olympics in 2021 in Tokyo and then win this world cup. There was just a lot of, of bright lights for this player this year. Um, and really, really devastating. It happened in, uh, about a week ago, actually, um, in a preseason game for Portland, um, it wasn't great to watch it, to watch everything that happened. And then when you see a player go down, everyone collectively, watching both teams, both fans, uh, both countries, right? A lot of Americans upset about this, holding their breath. And then uh, Becky ultimately making a statement on social media is to kind of confirm everything that it, it was her ACL. Um, I actually had, uh, I was in Canada when she made this announcement and when it happened and all over Canadian Sports Center, they talked about this and and how much of an impact, uh, which, I mean, you and I know, Sandra, but for those that maybe don't follow Canadian uh, national team as as closely, but this was a player that 
yes, on the pitch was incredibly influential in, in this team's success in, in Canada, but off the pitch, she was being one of the very, very vocal yeah. leaders in Canada's fight for equality and fight for pay and fight for everything that they were looking to do um, with their federation. And I don't think that spirit will go anywhere for this player yeah. and she will continue to be a fight and a voice and a face for this fight for this federation. Um, but really speedy recovery to Janine Becky prayers and, and thoughts with her because it's, yeah. it sucks. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. hundred percent. There's no, there's no way it's sugarcoating it really. Yeah. Um, it's an important point that you make. It, it's, it's, it's sort of what I meant by saying, you know, Becky's going to play a little bit of a different role for mm -hmm. the team moving forward. I mean, when the players wanted to hold an emergency press conference, it was Becky that was running that media call. I sat on that call and she was the one introducing players and, and interacting with media and calling on them for questions. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see players give statements in legal settings and Becky, one of these players among them. And I, I would anticipate that um, uh, that, that might be the role that she's going to go ahead and, and, and resume yeah, I think she will. that she, fight for the team when they, when they're unable to. Exactly. Yeah. She's outspoken. She's knowledgeable. She's, she's great at communicating not only um, amongst her teammates and being a leader in that sense on the team, but also outwardly speaking. And, and she was, she worked um, and helped cover the world cup for Canadian TSN yeah. in for Qatar. She, she, worked as a bit of an analyst and, mm -hmm. and a communicator. So she's got that spirit about her that's not going anywhere. Um, and I think that'll stay and that'll help continue Canada's fight for equality. And and before you know it, she'll be back for sure. Yeah, we also have to chat a little bit about an injury to Lena Oberdorf. Uh, a little bit different, a, a knee injury as well, but it's it's been confirmed that it's actually a right knee sprain sprains can can be kind of tricky depending yeah. on the grade of sprain that they are uh but it's for that reason she was uh, not going to participate with the uh uefa women's champions league quarterfinals that's actually going to take place on wednesday night so make sure yes. you tune into those against psg but uh, unavailable for for those but i think even even depending on the grade uh, a sprain that it could be you're maybe taking a little bit of a breath of relief because this is not a player that you want to lose for club and it's definitely not a player that you want to lose for for germany heading into a world cup so yeah no it's devastating for sure yeah hopefully the next update we get on here is going to be like a an update in terms of a timeline and a table exactly. um uh, when when she'll return but uh another bit of international news that we wanted to touch up upon that that we were having uh, some conversation about off mic in terms of where we should slot it in because it does uh, count as NWSL news, but it was a bit of news that we wanted to talk about, um, you know, delicately because it's such an unfortunate scenario. We want to chat a little bit about a player that folks might be familiar with because we've had, we've had them as a guest on our show before. We want to talk a little bit about Scarlett Camberos uh, and she is going to make her departure from Club America in Liga Amekis Feminil uh, within a statement that was dropped late last night, an official communication from Club America. They highlighted uh, a very terrible ongoing situation uh, with, with Camberos. She essentially is a victim of digital violence, um, has had someone 
stalking her, for lack of a better word, for quite some time. It has been an absolute nightmare, an unfortunate uh, un uh, set of scenarios, hacked social accounts. Um, very, very, very difficult time for this player out in Club America. And everything just essentially coming to a head. Um, Camberos just no longer feeling safe, uh, you know, to play with the club. And despite Club America's best efforts to try to ensure uh, that uh, this player is indeed safe um, and trying to work with Mexican authorities. Unfortunately, there's just not a lot out there within Mexican legal processes mm -hmm. uh, to ensure uh, that digital violence can be accounted for. Uh, so essentially this, this person who had hacked her accounts and had been stalking her was uh, held in jail, but only for a certain amount of time. I think it was like a day and a half. Um, so just, um, just not, nah, it's come to a head and, and you have to respect the player in, in this sense and in, in that they no longer feel safe and they want to do something to try to make sure that, uh, you know, they can continue their playing career, but always feel safe. So within this official communication out of Club America, they noted that within the processes that they've, they've been working with Camberos and the authorities, they're also in communication with Angel City FC. So this is officially, it's on the internet. It's on an official club <laughs> statement. Um, so it sounds like Scarlett Camberos will go to Angel City. Yeah. It is not the set of circumstances in which you right. want to celebrate this type of player announcement. But when they do make it official, that's going to be a massive get for Angel City. Massive. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Like how scary to be a, a player like Scarlett uh, Combreros, who's dealing with this, not only stalking, but the hacking and, and to not at all feel safe. Um, and the fact that, uh, the Liga MX Feminile Club is is saying, okay, we want to protect you. We want to make sure that you can feel safe. Um, so not the circumstances that we would want to have Scarlett Combreros come to the NWSL, but I think for fans that have been watching her um, in Liga MX Feminile and have seen her, I mean, we had the pleasure of interviewing her on Attacking Third. Is a, a tremendous human um, and a, a great player, a great soccer player. The fact that she could be joining the NWSL, most likely, um, and Angel City, where she's from, a, a bit of that homegrown vibe there for for Scarlett to get back to LA is fantastic. I mean, circumstances are horrible, and and I hope that. Um, this player can get the the help and support that Cambreros needs to kind of move past this mentally because that's traumatizing. Yeah. And the fact that she still wants to play and she wants to get out and and if this is how she gets to Angel City, um, it's devastating. But hey, she gets to get in Angel City. We get to watch her in the NWSL now. Um, I think it, I'm trying to separate the two feelings, right? Yeah, of, of, of heartbreak and devastation and this sucks for this player and that's horrible. But also like this is a great opportunity for Angel City to get a little bit of depth and experience on their roster in Cambreros, who um, is a very great soccer player. She can notch some goals. She's got a little bit of versatility in her bag. Um, but it's, it's out there. It's from one club, but we haven't heard anything from Angel City yet about this transfer. 
Yeah, they and they were one of those teams when we talked about uh finalizing rosters, one of the, one of the 12 clubs that had put out um, you know, their their dropped rosters, the final rosters for the 2023 season and again on the lower side of number 3 like is there room to to get this player in there? I know there's some workarounds there with, you know, season-ending injuries, players who might not count towards uh the roster at at the moment and and maybe that's where the loophole is for for Cabrera's to to be named uh, to to this roster, but it'll be it'll I think maybe somewhere in all this, it's a little bit of a full circle moment. I think for for Cabrera's. I mean, she I is too. a Cali kid. You know, she's from California. She's a went to UC uh, Irvine. Went to UC Irving. Like she's a LA native. So this is like a home. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of a homecoming for her. Yeah. She declared for the NWSL draft. Did not get, get drafted or selected. And, and started her professional playing career in Liga MX Femenil. And now it seems like she's going to make a, a return home and with and into the NWSL. Um, and I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get to see her uh, in some regular season action For whenever sure. the official announcement comes into the uh, pipeline. So speaking of other official announcements, we've got some more news to chat about internationally. Let's talk a little bit about FIFA prize money before we close things out here because we like to talk about dollar bills here on A3. So let's keep talking about dollar dollar bills. FIFA announcing the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup will have an increase in prize money. It's going to be over $150 million. The prize money is going to rise for uh, for the 2023 tournament. And so it's going to be $110 million with an additional $40 million for team preparation money and clubs who release players. So President Gianni Infantino uh, re, uh, just recently announcing this and FIFA's intention for equal prize money by the time the 2027 Women's World Cup comes around. So that's uh, that's going to be an even bigger number, perhaps, on the horizon for this tournament. Yeah, it's this is massive. Um, uh, announcing this, that uh, the prize money over $150 million um, for this one, which is uh, fantastic, honestly, with, with how everything is going. It allows for some of these other nations, right, to kind of build up and to get there. But we're still not there, right? We're still not quite there because the prize money at the Men's World Cup in Qatar was four hundred. $40 million. Um, so we're getting there. And the fact that it's being increased for 2023 and the equal prize money um, should be there by 2027. Uh, it's coming. They're getting there. Big news for now, but we're, we're not there yet. He, the, the deeps, it's the deep sigh for yeah. me, uh, from you, buddy. Uh, same here, same feeling, same vibe, but look, they put, they, essentially put a little bit of a timeline on it and a little bit of a deadline. So you know what that means? Got to hold those feet to the fire. We want to see that happen in twenty twenty. Seven. Uh, so hopefully we we got that more feels like that. forever from now. It feels now. like it, but it's not. It's <laughs> literally it's literally just going to be the next cycle. It's literally just going to be that. So uh, we'll we'll see. Hopefully they'll get uh, that get they'll get that update in sooner rather than later. Uh, because in the meantime, we're going to keep celebrating the NWSL regular season returning. This weekend, opening weekend is going to kick off on March 25th. Paramount Plus is your home for the 2023 NWSL season. Please don't forget Paramount Plus is giving a free month 
to kickstart your NWSL season. So make sure you use promo code NWSL2023. Okay. NWSL 2023 for one free month on Paramount Plus. Let's go. Thanks everybody for listening to Attacking Third. That's all we've got for you today. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back with more NWSL content for you all this week. We've got it rolling out every single day leading up to the regular season. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.